Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The Olympics have been postponed. Cam Newton has been cut loose. And the all-district team, along with, how about Angel Villanueva on the show today? It is Tutel Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios, on your internets, wherever you are, quarantining practicing the distancing and all of that. We are happy to be with you. Thanks for letting us be on board with you uh, wherever you are. If you would like to call the show, you can do that, 329-1899. The phone number, all guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And if you would like to go ahead and listen live, on your computers, on your devices, you're at your house, you're staying in there, easier that way for you, well, fair enough. We appreciate that. 1029ESPN.com is where you go. You listen live on the Listen Live tab, and uh, you got the stream all to yourself. It's there all the time, thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. In the show today, we're going to talk about the news coming down uh, yesterday uh, from the IOC and from the country of Japan that the internet, that the Olympics, the 2021 games, are going to be postponed for a year, uh, and they will uh, plan, they intend to take that up uh, in a year from now and uh, and participate in 2021. So we'll have an odd yeared uh, Olympic Games, Olympic Summer Games uh, from Japan uh, next year. So we'll get into that a little bit. And also in the context of this will not be the first time the Olympics have – actually, it will be the first time the Olympics have been moved. It would not be the first time the Olympics had been canceled had that been the case uh, due to uh, the First and Second World Wars. But we'll go through some guys who uh, played 
in some Olympic games and some baseball games uh, that also were in some of those global conflicts. We'll get into that. We also will have for you today Tom Wistersill. Uh, we talked about him yesterday, the eligibility uh, issue that that uh, is at question now with the cancellation of spring sports in particular. And so we'll hear a question and answer from his uh, uh, press conference last week about that and get into that a little bit. We'll do some NFL stuff, uh, specifically Cam Newton out in Carolina, kind of a bunch of uh, eras coming to a close in the NFL when you talk about uh, uh, Tom Brady, obviously. Steven Gostkowski, very underrated. He's been kicking in uh, in uh, Foxborough for quite a long time, and now Cam Newton in Carolina. Obviously, Philip Rivers in, uh, in, well, first San Diego, then Los Angeles as well. So we'll go through that with Cam today. Top of the hour, excited about this. Angel Villanueva. Unbelievable story for Angel Villanueva, an offensive lineman for the Montana Grizzlies. His story was a starter as a freshman, then there's a different coaching staff. He deals with injury, deals with some weight you know, uh, issues, gets back into shape, gets back into the good graces, and becomes an all-conference player in his senior year. Just a completely uh, complete roller coaster of a career. Really fun guy to talk to. Absolutely an engaging kid. And so we look forward to having Angel Villanueva on for you here at the top of the hour. Uh, we will also go through a couple of things. Gabby Harrington has entered the transfer portal from the Montana Lady Grizz. So she is uh, headed out of Missoula, originally from Boise. So we'll see uh, where Gabby Harrington uh, lands. A, a girl who was a starter uh, and then sort of a part-time starter and then sort of a spot player. Uh, and, you know, I think the writing was kind of on the wall in terms of where, how she felt, you know, she was being used and what she was going to do uh, here. So we will uh, talk about that. And who knows if there's others, you know, that may be coming. And also tomorrow, Kent Haslam and Bobby Houck are both going to be on a conference call. So we will plan to uh, have that and then bring, bring that to you uh, as we're able, not in its entirety, but parts of it. They're going to talk about just the state of sports and school and the athletic department at the University of Montana in relation to uh, uh, COVID-19 and, uh, you know, the ongoing uh, sort of new norms that we are uh, becoming accustomed to and trying to figure out what to do and, and, and all of that. So there you go. That is our show today. Now, Coulter and I, want, again, want to remind you, we're very excited about this. We are moving into a new studio. We have actually moved into a quasi-new studio, which is actually an old studio today, uh, because uh, we are moving to a brand-new building, a brand-new studio. Uh, by week's end, we should be in the new place, so we're certainly excited to be there. But today, Coulter, in the interest of all the people who are moving parts and doing things and moving things all around, we have been jettisoned back into the windowless hovel of the self-production studio, such as it is with nothing remaining on the wall. And they even took half of the microphones, of which there were only two to start. So you and I are going to pass this thing back and forth throughout the course of the day today. I'm very excited to see how well we can share. You know what I mean? Given the fact that we got one microphone to use with, I'll appreciate you not breathing too hard on this thing. Well, the brilliance of talk radio is the art of interruption, right? So yes. we're, we're going to definitely have to take some turns here. And uh, we actually probably don't interrupt each other nearly as much as some talk radio, sports talk radio at least, purists would like us to. Uh, we certainly don't interrupt each other nearly as much as you and Tucker Sargent used to. I mean, Tucker is Tucker's greatest skill in the world might be interrupting people and, and getting his point across. He, he should be a lawyer, actually. It's amazing. But uh, here nor there. We're here to keep everything positive. I've heard from so many people. Twitter is just a, a, just on fire with people saying, I never realized how addicted I was to sports. My life sucks without sports. 
well, just stick it right here because we got you. We got sports. We have, we're not just going to rehash all the ills of the world right now. We're going to talk about some history today. We're going to talk about some accolades for some young men from both the University of Montana and Montana State. We're talk about some roster movement. We're going to talk about some Bryce Sterk Pro Day. We're going to have Angel Villanueva, who, if you want a happy-go-lucky guy, I mean, there's not many guys that are more jovial than Angel Villanueva. When I texted him and asked him if he wanted to come on the show, he said, oh, hell yeah, can't wait. So that will be fun. Stick with us towards the top of the hour. Well, we will look forward to uh, to having uh, Angel on here. He's a, a, a again a great guy to talk to and, and an unbelievable story. Uh, this is this is a a guy who's lived a lot of life in just twenty two years or whatever it is uh, that that uh, that he's been. So uh, we uh, we will do that. But first, we got to get into Olympics. By the way, I want to let you know: are are you needing a new truck? You might be. Okay, there's a lot of reasons to have a truck right now. It seems to me. Get to Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton for the best deals and the best trucks. Duramax, Chevy. GMC. Uh, Coulter, the news coming down, uh, uh, I guess yesterday, late, and then earlier today, officially the Olympic Games uh, have been postponed. The head lawyer for the IOC, Dick Pound, making the announcement that the Olympics uh, in 2020 will be moved to 2021, uh, still held in Japan. I'm very excited for these Olympics. I have been. I mean, you're always excited for the Olympics, but I've never been to Japan, but it is a country that I – have has has holds great intrigue for me unbelievable food great i mean technology as modern you know as cities and also like sort of as well run and frankly especially now as clean in my understanding as clean as a place could possibly be and so uh you know some some of the things you know they had that that awful uh what do they call the tidal waves right uh that, that, that they had through and yes yeah, tsunami there you go thank you uh and I mean, just just horrific damage, loss of life, but uh, loss of property, loss of all kinds of things. And you know what you saw? No looting, no chaos, no, you know, obviously tremendous mourning, sadness, difficulty. But as a culture, what an unbelievable place. And that is the thing to me. One of the things I love about the Olympics is the highlight of the place that they are. So I'm very excited to know because I was I was worried that are we just not going to do this thing now? I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, what Japan has to offer. I know there's going to be some unbelievable, uh, you know, pictures that are going to be coming across the night, you know, in Tokyo or wherever uh, the, uh, you know, some of the, the, the bases that they'll have these are. But it is obviously the next thing in a long line of sports that have been canceled or postponed. This isn't the first time, though, right, Coulter? I mean, if you go back, obviously the, a couple of global conflicts of of, of uh, you know, major and terrifying proportions of the First World War, you know, in the late teens of the 1900s and then the Second World War in the early 40s uh, canceled a couple of Olympic Games, not to mention a couple of, like, big league seasons. It wasn't like the 42 and 43 season of Major League Baseball did not happen. And you put together a list here of six baseball players who fought in World Wars and went on to be in the Hall of Fame in uh, in in Major League Baseball. Grover Alexander, Eddie Collins, Yogi Berra. I think a lot of people maybe don't recall that. Yogi Berra, the great quote. Obviously, they don't believe the greatest of catchers and baseball players. Also a veteran of the Second World War. I mean, tremendously remarkable. Joe DiMaggio, he, he's one people remember, right? The songs, if you get, I, you know, Put into a song, it's hard for people to forget you. Is that right? Do you think I'm going to get in a song anytime soon? 
<laughs> I mean, Joe DiMaggio is definitely so iconic. I mean, the Yankee Clipper, one of the most iconic baseball players of all time. I think that of all the guys you just listed, though, I mean, Ted Williams is the most impressive guy who left to, to go to, to war and then came back because he went twice. And we know how hard baseball is, how dependent baseball is on statistics. But consider this. Going into his fourth season, Ted Williams went to war in World War II. Upon his return, the very next year, he had not played baseball for years. He hit 406. He went to war again. He came back, and he won the Triple Crown. It's not possible. Those the it, People don't remember that well enough, I think, because it was long enough ago where these are our grandfather's stories, and even in a lot of cases, even a little bit beyond a lot of people's grandfathers now. But the guy is absolutely the greatest hitter of all time. In my mind, there's no question. When you combine average and power and the amount of hits that he had and, and just the legend that is Ted Williams. But then when you take into account that he missed five years because of be- fighting in wars and he had his best seasons coming out of the wars, unbelievable. A couple other ones that I, I found in terms of, obviously the, the world wars have been the things that have impacted the most. You mentioned three Olympics have actually been canceled. Um, one during World War One, two during World War Two. This is actually going to be precedent-setting because I think that actually the cancellation of an Olympics would be less chaotic and less stressful and less of an economic burden than the postponement of an Olympics. That's what's going to be the challenge for Tokyo. How do you move everything around, the logistics of it all? I mean, you have 11,000-plus athletes coming to your city, people from all over the globe coming to your city, the amenities, the hotel reservations, just the little things like that, not to mention all the rescheduling of all the events, the travel, everything We've seen this. We've seen cities pour so much money into hosting Olympics and have it be a moment that then gives them a boost to progress and thrive. We've also seen cities that have gone all in on the Olympics, and after the Olympics are over, it it really impacts them in a negative fashion. But it seems like you mentioned that because of Tokyo's strong culture and the fact that the Japanese people are so proud, I think they'll get this figured out. But a couple other ones that I found found striking in 1939 – Niall Kinnick, who I believe that's where who Iowa Stadium is named after now, right? Or don't they play at Kinnick Stadium or do they play? I always get it confused with Kinnick or Kennewick. Regardless, Niall Kinnick was the 1939 Heisman Trophy winner. He then died in World War II three years later. I think those are the sort of sacrifices that maybe we don't talk about enough. Uh, imagine if the Heisman Trophy winner went to fight in the military. Not not go we talk about the pressure of being the number one pick. Like Tua Tongo Vailoa, if he's the number one pick, or Joe Burrow after winning the Heisman be the number one pick. Sure, that's pressure. That is not pressure like fighting in a world war. This is not even close. So I mean, imagine if the Heisman trophy winner went to war and then died. What a thing. But then some of the other global impacts that I thought were worth mentioning. Obviously the Olympics during the Cold War were always a big thing. I watched I've been watching Basketball, a love story. Anybody that has ESPN Plus, please go check it out. It's basically an, an odyssey and an opus to basketball, but it's just these little eight to twelve minute vignettes about all sorts of different moments in basketball. Whether it's you know some sort of point shaving scandal or the rivalry between Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, but one of them was about the nineteen seventy two Olympic gold medal basketball game in Munich. And anybody that followed that whole saga, Munich, there was a hostage crisis, there was a bombing, there was terrorist activity going on. But the United States stayed, and the United States had the gold medal winning basketball team, but they played the USSR in the gold medal winning game. 
They played the last 30 seconds of the game, no kidding, five times to ensure that Russia won because they didn't want to have literally World War III break out right here in this country in the Eastern Bloc. And then that was kind of the first of a decade long of Olympic turmoil because of the Cold War. The 1980 games in Moscow, the United States boycotts. The 1984 games in Los Angeles, USSR and 14 other Eastern Bloc countries boycott. So you didn't have the rivalry. I think that's something we can get into too because I do think that the Cold War is different than the World Wars, and it made the world a polarized world. I think the only good thing that came, there's only a couple good things that came from the, the Cold War, but I think the number one thing is the Olympic competition between the United States and the USSR. It, it didn't happen in 1884, but both countries, because they wanted to be recognized for athletic superiority, really pushed the envelope with Olympic sports, and that's where we got so many of these unbelievable rivalries and such top-level, high-level athletes, especially in the Summer Olympics. By the way, you are right. Kinnick Stadium, after now Kinnick, uh, is uh, where the Iowa Hawkeyes play. One other guy, Colter, that is absolutely needs to be mentioned in this conversation, Jackie Robinson, because Jackie Robinson, we know what he did historically uh, in terms of baseball and, and also breaking the race barrier, uh, of course. But prior to that... <laughs> He had already served as a second lieutenant in the Army from 1942 to 1944. I don't know where he served or what capacity he was in in terms of, you know, as a, as a lieutenant in the Army, because that was during, again, the Second World War that he was there. But uh, what a what an unbelievable man. Uh, it is to tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Okay, some history just to say, hey, you know, we've seen some of this before. Not Not this exactly, but... There have been shifts in the world that have made shifts in the world of sports that have been uh, pretty significant. And uh, and then that history sort of all gets melded together. You got one more? Well, I think there's two more that are absolutely you have to mention, and one is a little bit more politically charged. But Muhammad Ali, at the time Cassius Clay, was one of the biggest stars on the planet. He had just he'd won the Olympic gold medal in 1960. He'd pulled what most people consider the greatest upset in boxing history when he knocked out Sonny Liston to become the heavyweight champion for the first time. And then he joins the Nation of Islam, and he goes through the transition to become from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. And because of his religious beliefs, he boycotts the Vietnam War. And he gets drafted, and he subsequently gets punished in a criminal and political fashion for that, and he gets stripped of his heavyweight title. Of course, the story is he comes full circle, and he re-wins the heavyweight championship not once but twice more, the only three-time heavyweight champion ever. But I think that that moment, probably that whole saga, probably changed the world in terms of the sports changing America's culture more than maybe any other moment we've had. And then the last one, I want to know if you remember this, because this is the only one that we're really old enough to remember. In 1991, January 1991, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Giants, Bill Parcells' New York Giants, Marvin Levy's Buffalo Bills, are set to play in the Super Bowl. George Bush Sr. had just announced war, the Gulf War, the day before the Super Bowl. America's on pins and needles because we've been living in Cold War times for decades. And I think, I I don't remember distinctly my political feelings about it, but I remember everybody being very tense about it. But then Whitney Houston comes out and sings perhaps the greatest national anthem in Super Bowl history, and it was a chilling moment as an American. But do you remember that? 100%. I remember it vividly, and the only thing wrong with what you said was the word perhaps. There's no perhaps about (laughs) it. It is... Without question, the greatest anthem and, and the most meaningful one in the moment in the history of the Super Bowl because of all the things that you just said. And uh, man, that I mean that that 
I, I, I don't know enough Whitney Houston history, I guess, to talk about how popular that she was up to that point and after. But obviously, I mean, she's one of the great iconic pop stars ever. But I have to believe, I mean, I'm like 11, 10, 11 years old at this time, that that set her into a stratosphere that was that that was at just another level. But I, I will say, you got to be pretty good and pretty popular to get the mic at the Super Bowl to begin with. And, uh, and she certainly did, but one of the most thrilling and and chilling when i say like you know goosebumps types of moments that 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 there could ever be and i think uh really set the tone in a lot of ways for for people and uh and and the power of sports but also music in particular on full display there and that was definitely there was four i mean winnie houston was probably the the brightest shooting star of any female musical artist in the late 1980s. She became as almost as famous as Michael Jackson for a moment in time. Her debut album, I believe, is the largest selling debut album in the history of music. But then she went on the Johnny Carson show and she sang Giving You All My Love Tonight, which is absolutely one of the most iconic Tonight Show performances. And everybody's like, who is this woman with this voice of an angel? And then she sang that national anthem, and then they released The Bodyguard, and she had I Will Always Love You, the Dolly Parton cover, which then became, the until recently, the song that stayed at number one on the charts longer than any song in the history of, of the Billboard Hot 100. So, But that moment, you're right. She was at the tipping point. That sent her. Anybody that didn't know who Whitney Houston was, they knew who she was after that. So perspective i guess is is the point of of recognizing all these things uh adversity has long been a part of the world and what we're going through right now is certainly adversity but uh like our guy jeff chode always says there's problems there's real problems and if you put all your problems in the middle of the table you'd probably want yours back so we'll keep you entertained here with history lessons every day yeah i don't know about that I don't know about history lessons every single day, but today was a good day for it. We'll take a quick break on the other side. Tom Wistersill, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, he uh, talked about eligibility and what the uh, outlook is for for particularly student-athletes in the spring sports, which have now been officially canceled uh, conference-wide, and what the chances are that they might have another opportunity, especially the seniors, to come back once again and compete. We'll get to him, what he had to say, and discuss that right after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business, from advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections. We're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Riverbank Run rescheduled for October 3rd. One 2,000 people. And there's already there's already 200 registered, but only one cancellation. So I expect them. I think everybody will be just fine running in October. All these Montans, we're hardy and tough. We'll do it. We'll do it come fall. Gotta get out there and go for a jog. It's it's basically the same thing. The sun's just on its way down instead of its way up. You know, the April Riverbank Run compared to now the October Riverbank Run. Hey, how are you? Two Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio. 
Happy to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are well. Thanks for letting us be on board with you, whatever you're up to, cruising around in there. Going to hear from Tom Wistersill here in just a moment on student el- uh, student athlete eligibility uh, from uh, his conference call last week. If you'd like to follow us on social media, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT, those are the places that you can go to do it. I, I, I'm reticent to do this right here. The Chargers updated their logo. logo. I, I I honestly, okay, I'm sorry. I feel like I know the NFL a little bit. I have no idea what's different. They're talking about they shifted to powder blue. They've had it's been powder blue. So is it the outline of the chart? Everything looks exactly the same. Now there's a lightning bolt coming out of the letter A in the word chargers. And I saw this like bolt up thing. So maybe that's like a new deal, but like if you're going to have a big announcement and a big unveil, you've got to be able to tell what in the world's different. Nothing's different. This is what I fear about these Chargers, dude. Is that Phillip Rivers going to leave and nothing's going to change? It's just going to be the same old figuring out ways to lose six times a year, missing the playoffs. That's what we're going to get. Anyway, we'll come back to the NFL here in just a moment. Uh, last week, Coulter, Tom Wistersill, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, had a conference call primarily on the uh, cancellation of the Big Sky Conference Tournament, and then kind of an update on where we were at in the process regarding sports in general at that time. This was a week ago Monday, so this is from eight days ago. But he also talked about eligibility, and this is something that we've been trying to get to uh, but are able to get to it now. Officially now on March 30th, the NCAA is supposed to have a a, a vote, a a recommendation on what it is that they're going to do for both winter and spring athletes. Obviously, the winter athletes – completed most of their seasons and in some cases all of their seasons and then but but obviously the championships the 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 point of all this never came to fruition and the spring sports canceled entirely but I want you to hear this question and his answer just about eligibility in general because I think it's it's worth hearing and knowing from the commissioner himself does the big sky have a have a stance on winter athletes potentially getting extra eligibility and um, just any thoughts on on any eligibility um, things going forward yeah, so the NCA has has uh, put forth the, you know, the, the legislation that uh, in spring sports they'll be allowed to get that year back. That, that does does uh, certainly raise issues of financial aid issues, scholarship issues, uh, and uh, team squad limits. All of those things that are are going to be in play next year for for spring sports. But we are certainly in favor of of providing opportunities to our student athletes. You know, especially those ones that never had a chance to really get their spring season started. I really feel for them and and many of them, not just the seniors, but, you know, others as well that work so hard and then to have it have it taken away. So I'm glad we're going to have that in place, although there's going to be some adjustments that will have to be made, like I said, about squad limits, financial aid limits uh, as f- for next season. Now, we've got time to do that uh, while during this time where we're trying to settle all of these uh, other um, issues that are more important than that, but uh, but nonetheless, our our stance is we're in favor of of getting a waiver for those student athletes if they choose to come back and compete. We want them to be able to do so. So there you go, Tom Wister still talking about this. Look, here's what I think is pretty uncontroversial. Everybody thinks I think basically that these students, especially the spring students, deserve an opportunity to play the sports that they didn't get to play here and finish out their eligibility. They, By the way, I think just as a matter of fact, they have a year of eligibility because they did not play anything. And so, so I mean, that, that goes into it. The question, though, becomes 
it's not like you're pausing an incoming class who would come. It's going to be very asymmetric and scattered in terms of you got some schools who their track team is going to be full of seniors and some schools are going to be very young. And so the number of scholarships that would have been incoming for, you know, these various uh, uh, sports are not are not the same, even though they have the same number total. It's it's not equitable year to year how that works out. And then the other thing is, is what about kids in relation to school itself? I mean, we continue to act under this auspices of student athlete and these kids have to be enrolled in school and taking classes and so on. A lot of these kids are going to be finishing. They're going to be graduated. A lot of them have graduated and are, you know, maybe in one class or whatever it is right now. So what do you do with those kids in relation to the, quote, rules as they are? And so even though the idea, I think, is is pretty universal in terms of people advocating for all of these kids to be eligible to play, the way in which they're eligible to play and the uh, logistics of it, both from a scholarship standpoint, school to school, and from a classroom standpoint are are big questions that don't have super clear answers to me at this moment well that's what it comes down to i mean like tom wistersill said you could have some rule adjustments in terms of roster limits and things like that which would just be a one-time thing you just allowed you'd just be allowed to have more people on your men's tennis roster or your women's golf roster or your men's track and field roster but think one other adjustment i just that just dawned on me in track and field you have a if you're a distance runner, you have three seasons. That means you have cross country, indoor, and outdoor. If you're any other sort of track and field athlete, you have two seasons, indoor and outdoor. You get a red shirt for each, but they don't have to be simultaneous. So a lot of times, athletes will use one red shirt early, one red shirt late. They'll save one in their back pocket in case they get hurt. Or like we saw with Erica McLeod last year, she just stacked them, and she just decided to go back to back red shirts so she could sit out a full year fully trained, be fully healthy going into her last season to try to go break the conference record, which she unfortunately got hurt but still was able to win a conference championship. So, uh, But I was thinking, say you're a spring – say right now you just got your spring senior year canceled. You're already out of your winter red shirt and you're out of your – say you have one red shirt left or you have no red shirts left, maybe they could adjust and so you could just go to the winter. Because the one thing that's going to be so precarious about this, especially because – this is what irks me when Eastern Washington says that student-athletes don't have a huge impact on campus. Across the board, especially in mid-major and low-major athletics in Division One, the non-revenue sports athletes are among the best students on campus, period. I mean, like the men's tennis team here at the University of Montana has like a 3-9 GPA. Like they don't get anything but straight A's, and these are international kids. But so many of these kids, they're not on full-ride scholarships. They're already probably graduated. So what does an athlete do? Say that you, you do get your year back. But how do you afford to just live in a city like Missoula or Bozeman from March 23rd or whatever it is today until the end of next spring? If you don't have a scholarship, what are you going to do? Are they going to put you into grad school? How's the school thing work? Are you just going to be chilling and just waiting for the spring season to come around? I don't know. The lifestyle part of it, I think, is something that needs to be considered as well. Yeah, I mean, I, for one, would have no problem if if a kid, a senior, has finished all the things that they had to do to be eligible right now, I, I don't think there's any reason why you don't just rescind the enrollment rule. I mean, I think you just say, hey, you know, this is what you're doing now. You can, if you, if you want to do it, you can do it. Now, I don't know what that means in terms of scholarships. Like, 
If you're not enrolled in school, there's no tuition that you need to be paying anymore. Okay. There's obviously still, you know, room, board, all that stuff that that comes into play. So I don't again, I don't know how you distribute this out, and this is gonna be a very unique circumstances situation. Uh, but to me, if 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 a kid is eligible and finished with school, then then that's that's a done deal. And if they are willing to wait it out and come back and participate and and live in the cities that they're in and you know practice with the schools that they're enrolled at right now, I got no problem with that. I think that it's you know a, a, an opportunity to do it, and you'll have a bunch of incoming fresh. I mean, they're just going to have giant meets, right? I mean, you're just going to have more people at these things. But is that you know is that really a problem at the end of the day when it when it comes down to it? The interesting thing. Or another part of this, I guess. I'm wondering how many kids will. You know, I mean, you put you put a lot of time into something, but know that this is like the, the this is the end of the road, and then all of a sudden, sort of this thing gets gets pushed back or blown up. And there's a lot of kids who play Division One sports where this is the thing they've been invested in their whole life, and they're going to see it through to the end, come hell or high water. Right? They're going to they're going to if they're allowed to be there, they're going to be there. There's a lot of kids though that go like. You know, I'm glad I got to do this. Now I've graduated and I've already got an internship set up. I've already, you know, made plans to go do this or that or the other. And so, you know, the opportunity being there, I think, you you know, it, it's easy to imagine, okay, well, we're going to have these full boat of seniors who are going to come back around if we allow, but it's not going to be. I mean, I don't know what percentage would. Uh, I think it would be a significant percentage, but it wouldn't surprise me if, Half of the kids in Division One, you know, spring sports that are graduating now said, thanks, but no thanks. I got other stuff to get to. I'm going to, you know, move on with my life. I mean, we see it a lot more than actually I think people really realize, too. I mean, we talked about the 15 players that were uh, – that had remaining eligibility on the Grizz football team that are no longer on the roster, and several of those guys were going into being seniors. But, I mean – Sometimes it's just about perspective. A lot of people really do love the game, and a lot. And even if you do love the game, you can walk away. But like we mentioned, Brandon Purdy, who was a uh, all league kicker for the Grizz, and then he he didn't play last year because he was hurt. But oh, he did play last year. He didn't play two years ago. He was hurt, but he he was their starting kicker last year, and he's an all league guy. But I mean, he graduated, and he was an honor student, and he got a sweet job, and so he just you know took the job. I mean, this day and age, he get, I mean, if you just get offered a really lucrative, sweet job. Pretty hard to pass up that opportunity. You can't really fault the kid. Some more news from around the community quickly. We mentioned the Riverbank run rescheduled uh, to August 30. It was slated for April 25th, so you can find more information about that at the YMCA's website, ymca.com. Um, Governor Bullock just levied a – this is breaking news. April 10th, bars and restaurants across the state. Not allowed to have patrons. It's interesting. It's it's a suggestion because it's not actually a law, right? But he is heavily suggesting bars and, and restaurants be closed until April 10th. The health department in Missoula has said April 15th. So a little, little while longer, at least, of this social distancing. And then some sports news, some good sports news. Said Pridget, University of Montana. Harold Frey, Montana State University. Two seniors. They are in all District 6B honors uh, for their work uh, for their respective basketball teams. As seniors, Ryan, I want to go. I want to have a different conversation, though. I want. I want to go a different way. One other piece of news: the Big Sky suspended sport, all sports spring sports activities through May fifteenth. The reason that's of consequence: we already knew the championships were canceled, all the events were canceled, but there was this lingering hope that maybe if this stuff uh, 
blew over that there would be a chance for like Montana to finish the second half of their spring football practices or Montana State to get some spring football practices in. Now moving it through May 15th, that essentially means that you can't have spring football when the guys aren't in school. The I think the last day of school at both schools is May 8th or May 9th, so that essentially cancels spring football for the Cats and the Grizz. The Grizz did get, I think, seven, maybe eight practices in. The Cats didn't have any. They weren't even slated to start till next Monday. We know what kind of programs both Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate run. We know the, th- the th- thought of both of these guys. Bobby Houck couldn't love spring ball more. Jeff Choate couldn't hate it more. Who does it benefit more, though? No spring ball. Well, it benefits the guy who hates it if it doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, if Jeff Choate doesn't want to have it and now he doesn't have to have it, then he's the better for it in his mind. Now, on the other side, it didn't go all the way. Like you said, I mean, the, the Grizzlies got through about half of it. I'm still unclear about – I mean, I suppose any time that you're practicing as a team, the sport that it is that you're doing, the idea is that you're getting better. And so if you're not doing that, then you're not getting better. Now, if everybody's not doing it, then it's a wash. Uh, but clearly, what you've done for two weeks in March, how much carryover there to then what really happens when you kick into gear the beginning of August, it's unclear to me. You know how much carry – I think this is a lot more about the young kids, the redshirt freshmen, the true freshmen that need to get that first taste of this is what the grind is like. So this is, you know, two weeks, 15 days, whatever it is. We have the spring game, and then, you know, you've been indoctrinated, so to speak. They're not doing – that's scheming. They're not putting in – they're not installing offenses. They're not, you know, doing that stuff. It's about individual skills, more, more or less, which you can – and probably should be working. Like, I mean, as if, you know, when spring ball ends, that these guys are not going to the weight room, that these guys are not working on the things that they're supposed to be working on. Many, some of them aren't, and if they're not, they're falling behind because this is an ongoing deal. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think the formalization of it, you know, gives you some opportunities and then as coaches to be in contact with your kids and stuff like that. But I don't think it has – a huge impact. Like I don't, I don't all of a sudden think, well, now we're going to see eight turnovers a game because we didn't have spring football. I don't think that is the thing to think. Talked to Jeff Choate yesterday. We'll share that interview with you next week when we're in our new studios. But he had a couple really funny lines, probably the funniest. He said, the only people that like spring ball are freshmen, sophomores, and Troy Anderson. <laughs> and he said, said, the number one thing that I am happy about spring ball being canceled is he said, I don't have to have a one-on-one meeting with Troy every day telling him, Troy, you're not going to practice today because he's just chomping at the bit, just has to get out there, wants to play so bad, doesn't care if he just came off shoulder surgery, hand surgery, ankle surgery. Coach, let's go. I'm playing. I thought that was funny. But I think the one p- part of impact, though, I think that a lot of it, it, it it's, it's going to get you ahead of the curve, but also it's a double-edged sword because there's a chance to get hurt. I think it's really great for the fundamental – development of linemen linebackers you get extra reps for the young guys in live situations guys that just registered this last year who've never gone against the quote-unquote varsity they get a chance okay but then it's also a risk because you can have guys get seriously hurt we've seen multiple really good players for both the cats and the grizz recently get really hurt in spring ball that's never a good situation but i think that the number one factor though is with the way that the ncaa calendar works now these guys are playing and engaging in football activity year-round now you only get a couple weeks off after the season's over and then it's winter conditioning and then once winter conditioning's over 
boom, it, you go right into spring ball. And then once spring ball's over, bam, you're right into summer workouts, which are player-run practices, PRPs as the coaches like to call them. Well, the reason, I, the number one thing I think that teams these days need to get out of spring ball is solidification and a pecking order at quarterback. If, if this was going on right now, last year, and you're the Grizzlies, you say, well, we're not worried about it. Dalton Sneed's going to run practice. We're going to be ready to roll. We got a returning starter at quarterback who's a fifth year senior, is our captain. He will make sure every single dude is out at Washington Grizzly Stadium practicing every single day. Jeff Choto, on the other hand, Tucker Rovig is a, a returning starter, but is he the returning starter? They don't have a chance to establish the pecking order. They were going to open that thing up, let Casey Bauman have another shot. They brought in a four star transfer, Matt McKay out of North Carolina State. So, how does that work? Choate said we're going to give them a formula. We're going to let each of the three quarterbacks have groups of guys they're accountable for. We'll run PRPs, and we hope everybody shows up, and, and we'll keep a monitored, you know, secondhand view of how the leadership's going. But it's just not as cut and dry, and it's the same thing at Montana. That said, you have to assume, like Riley Corkin told us on the show last week, Cam Humphrey's got the leg up. He's the senior. He's the guy that started games. But it, at neither school is it cut and dry. So you just wonder what sort of impact does that have? Because that's the one thing where you can get a leg up, just kind of knowing who is the guy that's going to lead you into the summer. Yeah, it's a good point, Coulter. And, and that, that is, that's the interesting thing about Montana Montana State is that right now they're equal in that respect, right? Neither of them have the, you know, that guy that was sort of going to step up there and do it in that way. Although – We've talked to Bobby Houck before. Does it need to be your quarterback? And he says, no, it does not need to be your quarterback. It could be it could be anybody if you have a person who is like, you know, on that uh, front line when it comes to, you know, being a leader and being, uh, you know, the guy who's going to take charge and show everybody the way uh, to do this thing. So uh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's what it is. No spring ball. It's not, look, it's not the end of the world to me. People are always like, hey, there's no, there's no live sports. There's no programming. How many people were watching the Vanderbilt spring game on ESPNU? Really? Really? You into that? I'm not into it. I'd much rather watch the 30 for 30s. Give me that all day long. Hey, it's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Speaking of the NFL, did I say the NFL? No, I didn't, so I guess I'm not speaking of it. I am now, though. Cam Newton, out officially of Carolina. We'll talk about that, potential landing places in the end of an era that uh, – was Riverboat Ron and Cam Newton for the Carolina Panthers right after this. Hey, from now through April 15th at Kurtz Polaris, it's snow check season. Experience the ultimate in performance, breakthrough technology, and intelligent innovation from Polaris with the introduction of the 2021 snowmobiles. Get to Kurtz Polaris there at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. You choose from over, are you ready, 100,000 combinations to customize your sled and be the first to get your 2021 Polaris snowmobile. Look, if you're into snowmobiling, if you're into outdoor recreation in the winter, you know that this is the time. Visit Kurtz to learn more about the 2021 lineup and for special snow check warranty and financing offers. All the innovation and customization that it's possible to have is waiting for you right now during snow check season at Kurtz Polaris online at KurtzPolaris.com. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. At the motel under street lights in the city of Palms. 
Welcome back to Tutel Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Check out the podcast as well. Want to give uh, NASCAR Terry a shout out. He knows why. He's trying to get in here. I'll explain it to you later, my friend. Boys and girls, we're happy to be with you. It's a Tuesday afternoon in the city around western Montana. Hope you're well. Hope you're taking care of each other. Hope you're doing all the recommendations. Staying together in your homes with your families and keeping a proper distance as you go uh, to the places that you absolutely have to. But uh, this is a real thing. Here's my deal, Coulter, on this, okay? I love sports. You know this. I'm in. This, this is It's not what I live for, but it is a significant part of my life, okay? It's also part of my work, obviously, I love, I love that. I like going out. I like doing the The sooner that we do all the things that we should do now, the sooner we get back to it. That's that is my big upshot from this. So I am certainly staying in as much as possible, with the exception of coming straight to this office, doing this, and then going straight home. That's what I'm doing now. So do it all with me, okay? And then let's uh, let's get over it and move on with our lives. And remember those amazing binge journeys that we went on when it came to our uh, streaming services and our radio shows. Coulter, an update or a news, I guess, breaking out of the NFL. Thank heavens the NFL is still doing what it does in the offseason. Cam Newton officially out of Carolina. Uh, he's the Panthers quarterback. He's the first, he's the first overall pick, I believe. Is that right? Number one overall pick. Uh, and went to a Super Bowl, uh, which the Panthers lost to the Denver Broncos. And a guy who is is – I don't think it's crazy to say the greatest athlete that's ever played the position of quarterback in the NFL. Well, I mean, yeah, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Kyler Murray. I mean, there's some dudes right now who are. I mean, Mike Vick, right? I mean, there, there's. But, but, I mean, all those guys, relatively speaking, they're they're little dudes. I mean, everybody's little compared to Cam Newton, right? Cam Newton's what eight feet three fifty? Is that what he is, Cam Newton? Anyway. He has had he's he's been one of the more polarizing figures because he's got I think pretty undeniable talent. He's got obviously undeniable physical uh, skill set. He also has had at times the most you know gregarious, excitable, happy, uh, leading type of personality, and then the exact opposite of that at other times, and just gets under the towel and and. What appears to be pouting. Now, listen, I'm well over the – people like to judge body language and stuff like that. I, I, I'm i not into that. It is not my deal. I don't know what a guy is thinking. I don't know what he's feeling. And I don't know what his teammates feel about him. I haven't heard very many of Cam Newton's teammates go, you know what, we're kind of over the act with him. Okay? And so that matters more to me what you would hear guys like that who are actually in the locker room saying than what I see in a five-second deal on the sideline. That said – it is pretty obvious when you're on a television in front of 10 million people and you're looking the way you look that that is going to come across in a certain way. And that was, I don't know if it's a lesson that he needed to learn or he just didn't care to learn, but it's certainly nothing that he changed over the course of his time as what is now a 30-year-old guy, 31-year-old guy. I mean, he's a, 
a longstanding veteran in the NFL. He has certainly been talked to about this, talked to others about this, and yet this is this is who Cam Newton is. And so it's sort of like you can take it or leave it. The idea that it's like, well, we don't know where he's going to go. What's the market going to be like for him? I find that to be crazy. I know he's coming off an injury, but you know what? He's also coming off a season that he didn't play in. That's good news, it seems to me, for a team if I'm in, you know, in, in the market. And this is a guy who is still, the last I checked, as as physically gifted as it gets, and maybe you know a change of venue where he's not running over people every other play is you know a possibility to, to and I mean he could do it every fifth play. He has to be a runner in the football to be effective, it seems to me. But he would he was pounded in Carolina. Maybe that's part of the hesitation on it. But to to think that this guy isn't still an absolutely viable NFL quarterback is crazy to me, and it seems to me that there's a ton of sort of middle-of-the-road teams that should be chomping at the bit to find a way to get Cam Newton on their roster. There's no question. You mentioned his leadership style, and I think that there is – every once in a while you get the all-encompassing leader that his style is just – how do you say? All-encompassing in the locker room. Everybody will look to him no matter what. Guys like Drew Brees – He's not an abrasive guy. He just takes you under his wing. Then there's guys like Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. It's my way or the highway. Buck up or shut up, let's go. But there's guys like, you know, then, but Cam Newton to me falls in the same category as Jameis Winston, falls in the same category as um, Baker Mayfield. Guys that have sort of in your face, gregarious, win happy, but also sort of up and down personalities. You got to build the team around them, and I think when Carolina focused on surrounding Cam Newton with personnel that reacted to him, it was great. When it fell apart, like it did when they traded Kelvin, Be- Kelvin Benjamin to the Bills, it-, it wasn't great. And so he is an emotional guy. I think if you get if you acquire him, you have to accept that. But he's also an incredibly talented guy. And so, I mean, that's my question for you. Right now, this is going to be a heavy quarterback draft with the, at least Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and. Um, and Justin Herbert going in the first round. Those guys are talented. But to me, I still think Cam Newton is in the upper half at the least quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think when he's happy, I mean, you got to remember, this guy won the MVP three years ago. He's 30. I know that that's, it's not, it's old for someone that's carried the ball as much as him. It's young for a quarterback. And so if he can adjust his game, you build a scheme around him, I think that he is more than a viable option. I think he could take a team, especially a team that's on the brink, to the next level. So what do you think? Two questions. One, what do you think of Cam Newton compared to the guys that are coming in, coming out of this next year's draft? Who would you rather have? And two, what if Cam Newton signed with a team like, oh, I don't know, the New England Patriots? Yeah, well, if he went to the Patriots, I think it would be it would be a very interesting, you know, unit that they'd put together and how would Josh McDaniel use him and, and all that. I think the I think the Patriots would be a great place for Cam Newton to go. I doubt that he's gonna go there though, because he's he's I mean, I don't think he's going to break the bank in some record-setting way, but he's going to be a high twenties to maybe thirty million dollar a year type of guy on a you know on a two or a three year deal. Like it's that's what it's going to be for Cam Newton. So when you say who would I rather have, this is the this is the weird shift right now, right? You would rather have a what you think is going to be a great rookie quarterback coming out of a draft than a proven veteran who's still got it in him for twenty nine million dollars a year. I think that that's that's the preferred route that a lot of teams would go. The thing is, is that 
you still assume if you're doing that that you're in build mode, right? Like the Cincinnati Bengals getting Cam Newton all of a sudden become a 6-7 win team. So what? You know, who cares? Of course you want to go get Joe Burrow or whoever it is and go that way. A couple of teams, though, that I think he could go to. How about Miami? Miami has had actually kind of subtly a pretty good offseason. You know how I feel about the Miami Dolphins. I don't think much of them, but they could use a quarterback. They have, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back in there, but – what are your goals if Ryan Fitzpatrick is your quarterback, right? Like, what are you what are you really trying to accomplish? I love Fitzy, man. Anybody, any Harvard kid's good with me playing in the league. But Cam Newton is the guy. Like, if you could get him, you say, you know what? This is this is how we're going to go here and see what we can really go ahead and do. Every all three of those teams in the AFC East that are not the Patriots just got to be going well. The 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 you know. The meat is fresh. We have to go after the New England Patriots now, 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 and find any way that you can to do it. Uh, the Colts would have been, I thought, a good spot for him. They get Phillip Rivers okay. The Jacksonville Jaguars, though, another team that clearly needs a, a – well, I don't know if needs is. How much – what do you think about Gardner Minshew? I mean, he is the guy that they're going with at this time. But, again, my question is – He's a guy who played so much higher than what people expected him, but how high a level did he actually play at in relation to what is a high level for an NFL quarterback? Like I thought he was really good at times. I thought he was also okay at other times. Because he's so fun and he's such a great ride, he gets all the hype that goes with it. They won they won some games with him, but are they is that is he a viable option to actually take you and become a playoff team? That question I have no idea. They're set Almost across the board in the in the NFC, the one place that I could think about him possibly going would be like the Chicago Bears. Now they go and get Nick Foles already, okay, but is is was that you know going too early for a guy? Because I think Cam Newton's clearly a better quarterback than Nick Foles is, and they're both veteran guys. I mean, I don't even know what they paid Nick Foles, but I mean they they spent some money to get him to go in there. So there's places for Cam Newton to go. The thing that's weird about Cam Newton, though, is he's not going to be going to a team that's really good right now. The best case for Cam Newton is that he goes to the Patriots, right? If he goes to the Patriots, that's your best opportunity to win right now as a veteran. What is a guy like Cam Newton and a guy like Bill Belichick? How are they going to go? How are they going to work together? I think they can, but I think that it's going to be a, it would be a major adjustment for both parties. It really would be. I'm also interested to know where's Ron Rivera go? Because he's still a guy who, you know, I think is is certainly going to have a long career as a coach in this league, whether it's a head coach, whether it's a DC, whatever it is. Is that a draw for Cam Newton potentially at a place? And you get a guy in there with that sort of sway, I think is an open question. Sutel Nuwana's 102.9 ESPN Radio, hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Angel Villanueva, offensive lineman for the Montana Grizzlies. Went through a lot both on and off the field in his career. Came out the other side, an all-conference player, and a great guy to talk to. We will be with him right after this. Right now, Carl Tyler Chevrolet. Discover ownership, peace of mind with Carl Tyler's lifetime powertrain warranty. The Carl Tyler Auto Group. Angel Villanueva, right after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore 
live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.